0: Hey guys, this is Steve White over here in London, England. Doing so, I Love the podcast. Keep up the great work. Cheers. Bye.
1: Hey, what's up? This is Gabo from
2: Fayuka, and you are listening to the Sun Solar Panel Podcast. A lot of mercy.
3: So basically overall, you got introduced to the designs of the practice facility but what was great about it is that you had access to the general manager and the managing partner of the Suns, and they talked about the team, which was a little unexpected. I didn't even think about that. So that's pretty great. And, yeah, tell us what you learned today, man.
2: Yeah, so, you know, the, the thing that sounds like what they're trying to do with this is it's not just going to be a building that's there that is a strictly Suns facility and, and Mercury as well because it's for both teams – um, but they're really looking to make that area kind of a little a little mecca. Uh, Robert Sarver said something to the effect of he wants it to end up being kind of the preeminent non-downtown area in Phoenix. So they're putting in the practice facility. There's also on that same property apparently going to be a uh, a hotel that's going in. Uh, that's a Sam Fox-owned hotel. And I made a comment to, to Brendan because he was there today that you know, Sam Fox might be quickly nipping at the heels of Robert Sarver as one of the more wealthy people in Phoenix because you know now he's got a hotel that's going up right there. Um, in terms of the facility itself, it sounds like it's going to be a, for lack of a better way of putting it, a super cool, super cool place for these players to be able to go. There's going to be 24-7 access for the players, uh, including access using retinal scans. So it's like, I don't know futuristic. I mean, that's, that's pretty sweet. Um, they're, they, they're saying how the players like to go in late, get up shots, coaches like to go in late. So they want to make sure that players that are on the team, uh, have access to that facility at all times. Um, there's also an indoor outdoor aspect to it, uh, included in addition to having the obviously practice facilities the practice courts and what have you inside, there's going to be a 40 yard turf field. That's outside where, where players can work out as well. And another kind of cool aspect of it, and I keep saying cool aspect because you look at it from the perspective of possibly trying to get players interested in coming to the Phoenix Suns, I certainly think that it's useful to be able to lure them by by having these really neat facilities. I mean, you look at like, perhaps not a perfect example, but University of Oregon with everything they have in up there with their football team and how they're able to attract players. Um, but in that regard, Sarver brought up the fact that every – area within the facility is going to be open to natural light, even the practice courts. So with that setting, that's right there at 44th street and Camelback, the view of Camelback mountain, I think it's going to be something that's going to be very alluring to, to players. And I, I think it'll be interesting to see once it's done, what we might be able to, how that might be able to operate in terms of getting free agents, getting again, players interested in Phoenix as a destination, like it used to be back in the good old days.
1: That
3: sounds pretty incredible. I've seen some pictures of it as well, and it looks a little futuristic, too. And I know James Jones talked over the summer that it was going to be like a place players can stay. There's going to be a lot of uh, sleeping quarters and several kitchens and things like that, too. It's pretty good.
2: Yeah, and and that was one thing that James Jones said when he got up there and spoke. You know, he said, um, if you're a player, there's nothing more important for you than knowing that when you step into a building that you have the best. And I think that kind of falls in line with the whole concept of... Getting players interested um, who might not be on the Phoenix Suns right now about possibly coming to the team in the future and making sure that they know that they're well taken care of and have facilities where they're going to get top notch state of the art, uh, you know, technology access amenities and what have you. And it seems like based on what I heard today that they're certainly trending in that direction. The Phoenix Suns are.
1: Uh so this was also Robert Fur Sarver's first media appearance apparently since uh 2017.
0: Probably really? a smart choice. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly I, I understand it uh it was it, that's a PR decision and mm. it wasn't un uh unlike certain times well I was with the team as well. Uh they chose to keep him away from speaking with the media and dealing with that so that, that doesn't necessarily uh surprise me that it it that it's been that long and uh and probably for the better james jones has been able to uh, kind of become the face of the organization along with Monty Williams uh, and we know that works but this is a business uh, thing I mean as much as it's basketball it's business it's city oriented as well so that's why Robert uh, Sarver was the face of, of this in particular that doesn't surprise me in this case and it's his money he's the one funding it so you know I thought when it was you spend 80 million he can he can say whatever the hell he wants so
3: I thought it was interesting when I heard I watched the uh, a little bit video of him talking that he said it was about forty five million dollar project
2: as of today, and he said call me next week because it'll probably yeah. Be more.
3: <laughs> but the original promise was seventy five or eighty million or something like that that he was going to fund in his own money.
2: Yeah, and and I I'm kind of curious as to whether or not when he says forty five million dollars if they're talking specifically about just that facility because like I said they're apparently going to be. Um, some other some other attractions for lack of a better way of putting it that are going to be going in that area i don't know if perhaps some of that's going to come into it or maybe they allocated that much money knowing that it's going to continue to build up uh you know your speculation would be as good as mine because he certainly didn't delve into that but yeah he said 45 million today
1: um so what's the, what's the feelings there in in Phoenix regarding this? Does it uh, are, are people excited? They, they they actually feel like it's going to make a difference uh, for the team as well as an economic benefit in the area. Oh.
0: Look, that that area doesn't need any any economic benefit. That's already an affluent <laughs> affluent area there. That, yeah no Sarver
3: does do a lot of work in the non-influent areas they just don't he just talked about it today that they put a million bucks up to in uh shoot every Maryville, somewhere yeah Mm -hmm. and um, so then he does do a lot of work with the inner city things this particular practice facility is no it's on purpose in about the best part one of the best parts of town they literally said that this is where the players and their families would live in this area and so (laughs) that's what made it so convenient.
0: Well, look, and a lot of teams do this. I mean, this isn't unheard of. This is the Suns are actually one of the last to actually jump on this train in terms of building your practice facility where players want to live. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure the Spurs actually built their practice facility right near where Tim Duncan wanted to live to convince him not to sign with the Orlando <laughs> magic back then uh, as part of it. I'm not joking. I, that actually, uh, if I'm remembering that story correctly is, uh, was part of the deal with him. So this isn't unheard of, and it's actually a, a smart move. It's interesting though. Team offices will move there. So employees will work out of there. Uh, day-to-day operations will happen there. The only thing that'll happen down at the arena is the games and the ticket sales.
2: Yeah, and and Tim, to, to your point too, you know, I I haven't heard a lot since the whole city council thing went down about the practice facility any further. But a couple of points that Sarver brought up while he was speaking, as it pertains to, or it could have even been one of the 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 um, the builder or possibly DeConcini who was there as well. Could uh, but buddy, Justin, w- right, right, maybe I'm making this up in my head. I'm not <laughs> sure. I wrote it down though, so I'm assuming it's coming from somewhere. But the the the, the they indicated that. With the facility going in there, the hotel that's going to be there, restaurants that are going to be there as well, they're expecting an influx of 1,700 jobs in the area. Um, There's $350 million total in private capital that are going into it. And um, also mentioned was the benefit for the city when it comes to hotel taxes. Uh, estimating, again, this is over 25 years, but $50 million over 25 years, and then another $33 million in property taxes. So when you look outside of the scope of, okay, it's a practice facility for the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury, and there perhaps are going to be some social amenities around there, like restaurants, the hotel, what have you, uh, they, they certainly are putting at least some level of focus on the financial benefit that this is going to presumably bring to the city of Phoenix.
0: Look, having eating lunch with a lot of people that work there uh that's the economic benefit to that area there's going to be so many people going to lunch just from that uh from those offices right there they'll make they'll make their money back and
3: yeah imagine being a business that's right (laughs) there already and there's like
2: yeah Yeah, Yeah, that property tax though uh it's funny one of the one of the sorry, sorry tim but one of the the building on the corner right there is a medical building and my my kids um um uh Pediatrician are in the, is in there, so I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'll be start taking my kids to their doctor's appointments more often or something. Just linger around a little right. bit,
3: and you could just you could just leave the kid at the doctor and say, <laughs> I'll be back in a couple hours. I'm gonna go watch a practice. Just, <laughs> Justin,
0: I need to I need to clarify something because uh, the audio was breaking up uh, for me at one point. But you you said there's gonna be a 40 yard turf indoor turf outdoor for the outdoor for those times when the sons want to play flag football or did they elaborate on why that this, was part of this
2: there was no elaboration as to why that's part of it but it was brought up that there's going to be this 40 yard outside outside turf it could be hula, hula, dan- hula dancing um you know perhaps if you don't want to you don't want to run sprints oh, wait, on the no, hard floor watch, you get uh, a little bit of that a little bit of that uh the padding from the the grass on uh, yoga yeah that'd well, be they could too. they
1: could uh play some soccer games and work on their footwork
2: There you go. They could, and, you know, possibilities are endless out
1: there, and you could do the yoga, and that'd be good.
0: If it was Earl Watson, the yoga would be, uh, it would definitely be uh, in play with that. So. Uh,
1: legit, when you're playing basketball with somebody, you can tell who played soccer and who didn't just by looking at the uh, looking at the footwork,
3: how
0: their yeah, feet move. Th- yeah, they usually
3: <laughs> kick the That's ball legit. more often. Than the uh... sad, yeah. The sad thing is that I did play soccer as a kid, but that didn't help my uh, lateral movement.
0: So let of, me uh, ask you guys. Let me ask you guys this: Do you really believe? We, we've heard, uh, and it was brought up again today, that the ben- one of the benefits of this is the fact that it will help attract top-line free agents. Do you think a practice facility is legitimately going to accomplish that uh, for the Phoenix Suns, uh, or, or do you think that's more posturing as to why it was important to, to, to get that uh, the, the vote passed for the new arena and, and the practice facility? I feel it's a little... A little overblown. I don't think any guy's gonna. That's a gonna... visa. Yeah, well, he signed without that practice facility, <laughs> so my point was just made. Uh, like, but it, you know, I think it maybe has some. But I ask I think all it's the been other overblown.
3: big name free agents who signed with the Suns.
0: Yeah, well, you know, or the ever? ones who didn't. You know?
1: yeah. uh, I think it wasn't Jared Dudley who had said something about the practice facility being awful, and then Devin Booker liked the tweet.
0: Hey, Jared Dudley says a lot of crap, though. I love J.D., but uh, I I wouldn't base my opinion based on Jared Dudley.
3: Even Robert Sarver, I think, when I watched that video from earlier, um, said that, well, okay, this practice facility is at least third on the list of things. I mean, the first is players, second is coaches, third is stuff and amenities. And but, you know, Greg, when you go on vacation it is kind of important to you what your hotel room looks like, right? I mean, it's important to you to know where you're staying and what kind of amenities you're gonna have when you have downtime. That's, I mean, a, that's that, what they're selling to these
0: guys. That is not the case after my summer league experience. I'll just, uh, <laughs> well, I'll just say that. Well, they, well. T- I let Tim book all that stuff, and uh, <laughs> and I obviously, uh, I obviously regret that on many, many levels. Wait, no, well, that
3: means on. it that, is the case, no. because from now on, that's going to matter to you. This the is hol- true. The
0: hotel we stayed at was fine.
3: Did you no, not use a blacklight? No,
0: let's be <laughs> honest. The hotel we stayed in was the current Phoenix Suns practice facilities of Vegas hotels. Uh, so I totally, I now I'm totally on board. You guys were shooters. This, it was, uh, this no, we didn't I think we were we stayed at what the flamingo. We were at the flamingo. Oh it God, was, right next to the It was also Hooters. built. <laughs> it was also built in 1993, 92, and uh, and hasn't been updated since. So I am, I am also, I I now understand that yes, amenities do matter, and this probably will have an impact. Best thing now about
1: the flamingo is that it's close to the other ones. <laughs> no, the best thing about the flamingo is the pool party.
0: No, that even sucks. So we heard. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyways,
0: we're way off. Greg track.
1: Greg Greg left at like eleven o'clock in the morning and didn't really stay for the pool party because he's a good man.
3: Ah, so the pool party got more interesting after that?
1: (laughs) It got much more interesting. But I would liken it to, okay, so I am going to uh, buy or rent a condo somewhere. Whether or not they have a gym and a nice pool at the condo is not the uh, decision factor, but it it definitely is something that I consider. But Tim,
3: if you're going there for the gym. Isn't the gym a factor? Well, that's the thing. This is a practice facility. There's going to be some sleeping quarters in it. There's going to be kitchens and stuff like that. So you can stay if you need to stay. But it's a practice facility. So don't you want the best of where you're going? If you can be honest,
0: if that condo came with Monty Williams, Devin Booker, and Ricky Rubio, then yes, I'd. and it was nice. Then yeah, I would. So I think, I think to your point, Dave, what what uh, Sarver said in terms of. Is one of the factors is probably the most accurate statement we've heard about I mean, this, and and this if is, you believe they have wild. the coach,
3: Robert Sarver is a reference for good thinking.
0: Oh yeah, hey. Uh, he's a smart businessman. I've never denied that, that that he obviously sure. has made solid business choices. And in the end, this is, is a business choice. But uh, yeah, so I, I guess I guess if, if we believe Monty Williams is, is the man is the coach, which we do, uh, I think I don't think anybody's going to argue that. And we think that they have the I do believe uh, the, he's our
3: coach, yes, the
0: foundational yeah. pieces for the future. Then, then the practice facility does become uh, an important element. And uh, everything, uh, it seems like today they suggested this is going to be uh, done b- prior to next season. So, I mean, it could have an impact in, in free agency this summer, as early as this
2: summer. Yeah, August 1st was the date that Sarver threw out.
0: Which, it, uh, if you do the math there, that means the poor equipment uh, staff is going to have to basically house their equipment somewhere between when they start the renovations at the arena, which is supposedly May or June, till August. So uh, I guess they're yeah. just going to be driving U-Haul trucks around the valley until there are no homes ready. So
3: <laughs> No, just flatbeds, man. Yeah. And they have the players <laughs> working out on the back of the flatbed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't lose your balance.
1: Yeah. All right, guys. Well, you want to uh, talk about uh, some of the games that happened since the last time we recorded?
3: Yeah, yeah. So, Lakers game last yep. night. Raise your hand if you watch the game.
1: That's really Cut great for, for audio. Good. Yeah. Hey, yeah
3: we, we all, all raised, our, raised our, hands. our hands. All right. We all right. All all raise all your hand if you were <laughs> physically at the game.
0: Oh, that's all right. One Dave, hand up. Just Dave is a uh, being cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> does, uh, yeah, that gave you such a better perspective on what happened by by being in the building Dave
3: great it does yeah. give a different experience I'll tell you what man I'm so tired of Lakers fans I gotta tell you they it's bad enough when the Suns have sold out the arena with um, nearly sold out with season tickets and they still let Lakers fans buy their tickets off them on secondary sources to make some money But it's even worse when there's not many season tickets sold for a season. So all the tickets are open for anybody who wants them. And the ticket prices were huge. The ticket prices were 150 bucks in the upper deck.
2: It was crazy.
3: But these Laker fans were buying them up. And I feel like there was more Laker fans in that arena than Suns fans. Although I do appreciate, very much appreciate the Suns fans um, fans. cheering like crazy to try to drown out the Lakers fans. It was pretty interesting. It was like a concert where every good thing that happened on either end of the court, there was a major incredible cheering (laughs) for (laughs) That's <laughs> because Lakers made a basket. Ah, Suns make a basket.
2: Ah. <laughs> that's because a
0: third of those Lakers fans are also Suns fans too. So there's a weird internal debate going on between certain people in the building as well.
3: The, there was a lot of couples in the arena with one of them in a Suns jersey, the other in a Lakers jersey. So mm. I, with how could that.
0: you do that? Like I just I no, nah, I need some pills to what be able to is, get that to is, work is at that point.
3: The Suns fan. Um, got some really good-looking uh, Lakers fan to go to the game. You know, it's a, that's how a Lakers fan got in. I bet. I, I bet those. I don't care how first...
0: good-looking a Lakers fan is. I'm not a. I'm not in on that. I'm. I'm sorry. <laughs> I yeah, well, that,
2: that's 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 a right. that's a relationship that can never work in uh in in my world. That's well, mm-hmm. a, de- a bandw- that's a deal breaker.
3: Relationship, you know, that's a that's exactly that. Lakers fan jumpy anyway as soon as something better comes along.
1: Anyway, um, it was it. Got to tell you yeah. guys, I have definitely compromised for worse. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back, I think back soft. to Vegas. We can attest.
0: <laughs> <that> uh, <laughs> so
1: there's, there's uh, been some changes, though. I want to I get everybody's uh, short opinions on them. Um, changes to the rotation. Uh, Javon Carter basically gone except for a few garbage time minutes.
0: That doesn't surprise me. He stopped, yeah, he uh, had really efficient
3: week and a half. Um, he didn't make hardly, I think he made one shot in a week and a half, although Frank Kamitsky made one shot in a week and a half, and he still has all the minutes he needs because the Suns needed him. Uh, they don't need Javon Carter because Tyler Johnson can play backup point guard, and they're staggering Rubio and, and Booker for all but like one or two minutes. They're literally putting Booker in for the first 11 minutes of the first quarter, And then they're having Rubio come in at the start of the second quarter. They're only given there's only about a one one maybe two minute breather, where not one of those two is on the court, and they share the court for at least half of their time uh, together. So it was it's really good. And Monty's just decided he doesn't need point guards really in that line other than Tyler Johnson for a minute or two, and that's it. At the end of the third and at the end of the first. Um, Otherwise, you've got one of. Ruby on Booker. So I think you gotta uh, wonder
0: if that changes when Ty Jerome comes back though.
3: Uh I you know, I worry a little about bit about him getting a chance because if Monty's really comfortable with a nine man rotation and the Suns are doing well, um maybe it's hard for Tyler Ty Jerome. To get any time. You know, I wonder actually if Ty Jerome's going to start in the G League for a game or two just to get his feet under him. Mm-hmm. I mean, the dude is, uh, has not been running even hardly in weeks, um, so I wouldn't put him in an NBA game immediately. I'd have him practice for a while for, with the team, but even practices are not full-time because they're they're fully on their season schedule now. I mean, Greg, you, you remember firsthand they, they'll go weeks without a practice because of their schedule. Real yeah. practice. They'll just do walk-throughs and, and conditioning and stuff like that. Uh, so I wouldn't at the
0: Uh, end, especially at the end of this month, I think it's five games in seven days. So they won't, they won't practice at all, even on the the front and back end of that as well. So there won't be, there won't be time to work them in there. So I think G League probably makes sense.
3: This last, uh, this last week, they had uh, a couple of, um, two day off periods at home. And, uh, that's probably the last practices they'll have for a while. And Ty missed all that. So I think uh, a G League stint would not be surprising to me. I don't know for sure that he would get it, um, but it would it would not surprise me.
1: Justin, your thoughts on um, Javon Carter?
2: Hey, you know, it, it like uh, I think Dave you said. You know, his his efficiency fell off. He was when he was hitting the three, it was working out beautifully to have him in there, especially with you know the defensive intensity that he'd bring to the court. But you know, our last episode of Fanning the Flames, I kind of. Reference the concept of if it's not broken, don't fix it. Well, Javon Carter's uh, involvement in the rotation and in the team ended up becoming a bit broken and things are still clearly clicking with him on the bench and with um, um, Tyler Johnson picking up those minutes. So it makes all the sense in the world to me. And and as far as I'm concerned, the way the Suns are playing right now, Monty Williams can do whatever he wants, and I'm going to be cool with it <laughs> until you know, uh, I have evidence Connors otherwise. Cool I mean, we've
3: hey, been man. we've been treated to years of players being frustrated with losing minutes, uh, oh. players openly being frustrated, showing frustration in locker rooms after games, after losing minutes. Uh, and we always chalked it up to, well, a player's a competitor, blah, blah, blah. But none of these guys are complaining on what Monty's doing. I mean, Monty's not playing outside nine ten guys. There are guys who would love to get in games, and they're not getting in games. Elia Kobo has been a true pro. Now, Javon Carter, he was up cheering. He was up getting the fans off there like he did in the game where he was actually playing. He did it again with his warm-ups on getting uh, cheering, getting the fans up off their butts at some points when he wanted them to. Um, And then I want to touch on really quick Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre Jr. had a terrible game on Tuesday night. He was just he just was out of sync. LeBron was just bullying him all over. And Oubre just he was overshooting all of his shots. He was zero for five. He hardly played in the second half. The guy um, only scored one point for the game. He averages, I forget, somewhere around 15 for the year. And he got one point in the game. You know what he did after the game? He walked around the locker room. I don't think he did an interview, but he just walked around like he wasn't wasn't angry or afraid or anything. And then, um, you know, to say the wrong thing, I mean, not afraid of us, but afraid of saying the <laughs> wrong thing. Um, but he, he didn't do that. And then he posted on Instagram saying, sorry, Suns fans, it won't happen again. So taking ownership of playing poorly instead of blaming the coach for not letting him play out of it. I think that was that just shows Monty Williams's ability to get at these guys, get them in the right frame of mind to play well. And the other thing I really like is, is after the game, the guys were talking about what they did wrong. They weren't talking about refs. They weren't talking about um, anything else other than this is what I did wrong. This is what I got wrong. This is how I can get better every play matters, that kind of thing. It's, it was really nice to, it's, it's a great locker room this year.
0: Well, and look, I mean, that, 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 Lakers game came down to a bad two minute stretch. They're up 113, 111 with a little over two minutes to play. And it was a, a few missed threes on the sun's end. And, and Kyle Kuzma, there was uh, having, there was having literally a, a final two exactly
3: minutes. what you just said, Greg, there was literally about a minute stretch there. Just the first, the LeBron three to the Kuzma first, the Kuzma three, that was like suddenly, because um, that was a broken place. So LeBron, LeBron made one three, a deep three. And ooh, ah, you know, he's going to make him. whatever. Suns go down, they miss one. Then it comes back down on the Lakers' offense. And actually LeBron jacked up another 30-footer and missed it badly. But the rebound was so, so long that the Lakers kept the ball. Then the Suns were just kind of confused and scrambling. For the first time all game, the Suns did not react well. And suddenly Kuzma was open for a three and the dude's hitting 20% on threes this year. So it's not the worst thing in the world to have him shoot him. And of course he made that and they made his next one. And then the game was pretty much over. Um, But I give the Suns a lot of credit. They battled, they battled hard and both LeBron and the Lakers coach did what every other coach seems to be doing this year saying that that's a really good team. And we feel this is a really good win for us for the ones who beat the Suns, And, that's what Vogel said. That was a really good team, and it's a great win for us. And now tonight, the, they're sitting Anthony Davis in the second of a back-to-back, but they played Anthony Davis and LeBron each 37 minutes against the Suns, and Vogel was very frank. Frank Vogel, get it? Uh, he's very frank <laughs> about he's all of his guys are playing, and if they're going to rest, it's going to be the next night. And tonight is against Golden State, who is this year the Santa Cruz Warriors.
0: Well and they they needed every minute from LeBron and and Anthony Davis that's how well the the Suns played on 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 Tuesday night and that's uh that speaks volumes and to your point the locker room is a different place because Monty Williams is such a uh Uh, a a solidifying force with that group, because how petty would it look if somebody after a game like that or or any of these games so far this year came out and was complaining about playing time or minutes, Uh, you know, in the past, you know, Thomas, yeah, I mean, in in the past, if a, if a guy like Javon Carter had complained under Earl Watson's watch, we all would have been like, "Well, that seems about right," because you know that this whole thing's a mess. But if he does it uh, with the way Monty Williams is running things, he just he, he looks like a misfit. He looks like a guy that that doesn't belong and doesn't fit a culture, and that speaks volumes to what they're building uh, in in this locker room. Absolutely. Um,
1: So on the last episode, we talked a a bit about Cam Johnson. Um, We didn't actually break it down by uh, all the three-man lineups. Uh, Justin, I don't know if you had a chance to listen or if you've done the research yourself, but we basically looked at all the three-man lineups that the Suns had, and there was one common denominator with all of them, the net negative ratings of all these three-man lineups, and that uh, common denominator was Cam Johnson. So, you know, we talked about on the last episode whether or not Cam Johnson uh, should see a decrease in minutes. Since recording, uh, we've definitely (laughs) seen more Cam Johnson. He's jumped from uh, 20 minutes to about 27 minutes a game. Uh, Your thoughts on um, him getting more minutes, how he's played, and whether or not you think that's the right decision for Monty.
2: Excuse me. Um, You know, I, I again, Monty Williams is going to do what Monty Williams is going to do, and as long as the Suns are playing like this, I'm going to support it. Yep. Uh, and and I'll say, even with Cam struggling to some extent, although he had a really good game, what was at the uh, not the not the Laker game, but the Nets game, right? He played. He, really he played well.
3: pretty well last night, but he also played. Yes, he played uh, good on Tuesday on Sunday as well. Yep.
2: R- right, and and ultimately, when you have a player like that who obviously was brought in to shoot the three and you've had a guy like Frank Kaminsky who you brought in expecting him to be able to shoot a three who has been cold is an understatement for the past couple of weeks until he kind of broke out a little bit yeah um it, it makes sense to give Cam Johnson those minutes and as long as the team continues to to play well remain competitive even if Cam's net negative rating is 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 or the net negative ratings are all um, you're seeing the common denominator of Cam Johnson. I think at the same time, while he's an older rookie, he's still a rookie, and he needs to get his feet underneath him when it comes to the NBA, and if the Suns can accomplish that, if Monty Williams can accomplish that while at the same time ensuring that the team remains competitive like they have been, then then so be it, because from what I've seen of Cam Johnson when he's shown those flashes, I, I, I see exactly what James Jones and, and his staff saw in Cam Johnson when they, when they drafted him, And he could be a very important part of this team moving forward, especially as this season progresses. So why not give him those minutes? And at the same time, I mean, again, when you have somebody like Frank Kaminsky, who although they play different positions, is struggling, where else are you going to really look in terms of who else is going to get playing time if Cam Johnson's not taking up those minutes? So I'm, again, perfectly fine with with Cam getting them. And we're going to continue to see, I'm sure, games where he's struggling. We're going to see games where he... Breaks out a little bit, and hopefully, as this year progresses, if he continues to get those type of minutes, it'll be more consistently the games where he's playing well overall, as opposed to those games being the you know the the not the norm.
0: It's crazy to me. I've it's felt like he has struggled, but then you look at at the stat sheet. He's shooting forty percent from three, and yet (laughs) the eye test makes you feel like that is just not the case
3: because it should be a hundred. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, you, yeah, yes. When your when your nickname as Dave, Dave, you've dubbed him as Cam. Wow, I expect yeah. higher than forty percent from three. No, I, I think it's because he's been been streaky in some cases. So some games, uh, obviously, uh, have had more misses than than not. But uh, you look at it in totality, and you're like he's actually shooting very well. He's, he's the guy that they, they told us he was. And, and, and to your point, Justin, he is a, still a rookie. So there's going to be, uh, there's going to be that adjustment period, no matter how old or how many years he played in college coming in. And it seems like he has Monty Williams trust. And if that's the case uh, in, in, in it, turn he has my trust because i'm not i'm not betting against monty williams right now
3: (laughs) i think it's hilarious that we make him sound like he's a 30 year old rookie or something like that i mean there are a lot of rookies in this league that are in their late 20s um And and Kim is 23. He's 23. Let's not pretend he's like as old as everyone wants. And it's just it's a funny it's a funny meme. I love the meme and all that. But the dude still has a lot to to learn in the NBA. Um, He looks good. He plays smart. He's got he's got um, good peripheral vision. He doesn't lose his man. Uh, He's not the most athletic guy in the world, but he also stays in front of you because he does have just naturally long arms because he's 6'10". Um, so he can do he can do things on the court that that are the greater than the sum of his parts.
0: And his hips haven't popped out of joint like we all thought was gonna happen, <clears throat> not even so. once. So win. So,
2: don't jinx it. Uh,
1: <laughs> the Suns they are taking on the Hawks who are allowing 108 points per game that's 17th worst in the nba while scoring 104 per game uh which is the 24th worst uh offensive rating for a team uh my question to you guys with uh evan turner um and john collins both being out how can the suns overcome the star
2: evan (laughs) herder what did i say (laughs) evan turner (laughs) evan turner is a big loss big loss Oh man, uh, that's okay. It's okay. It, Kevin uh, he might be out too. He's probably not going to play either.
3: But um, Kevin Herter definitely is out, and that's their second. That's our third and fourth leading scores. Right, with John so, Collins as well.
1: So how can the Suns overcome the star power that is uh, Chandler right. Parsons, Alex Lynn, and Vince <laughs> Carter? <laughs>
3: I tell you what, man. Vince Carter's probably going to drop a twenty on us. Yeah. <laughs> Son as <long> of a. <laughs> as Trey Young doesn't
0: go uh, like for fifty, and we hear the, see, you could have had him too. We, <laughs> well, I tell you what, fail Between, a P test. If
3: Trey and Vince combine for seventy points, the then the Hawks will lose by less than ten. Wow. I just don't see the Hawks winning this game. I don't because the Suns Trey's have, gonna have rebounded points, from every huh? loss. The Suns have have kept the right mind frame mindset frame of mind every game all season. And so I don't see the suns letting up in this game. I really don't. I see this being, but uh, it would probably be like the Memphis game a couple of weeks ago where it's no, the final score. Isn't as wide as, as you know, you might want it to be. It won't be like golden state or Sacramento where it's 25 points. Um, it might only be 10. It might only be 12. It might be closer than we want it to be all game because Trey is a gamer. And there are some really good players on that team that really want to stick it to the couple that really want to stick it to the Suns if they can. Um, But I still think the Suns are going to win by 10 or 15 points just because they're going to execute better than Atlanta will. And they're going to play enough defense to close out the game the way uh, the Suns were um, in in not being quite good enough to beat the Lakers. Uh, I think it's going to be the Hawks to the Suns. So I just don't see the Hawks being able to uh, keep up with the Suns team that focuses for even a couple of quarters.
2: And and the Suns have also every game this year that they've lost, the next game they've come out and played really well. Uh, and I think that's going to carry out, carry over here, especially when you lose a game like they lost last night to the Lakers. Emotional game, obviously the biggest the biggest regular season game the Suns have had in a decade, give or take, right? Um, yeah. I think they'll come out focused and ready to roll. Uh, again, you look at the loss to the Nuggets, came out and beat the Clippers, lost to the Jazz, came out and beat the Warriors with that ridiculous first quarter, <clears throat> lost to the Heat, came out and beat up on the Nets. So now yep. we're looking at a game where they lost to the Lakers. I think they're going to come out and um, I, I, 10 to 15 sounds about right because they'll probably be sitting a lot of their guys late in the fourth quarter. That's what I'm thinking.
0: Aaron but Baines what? dominating Alex Len. I think that's what? all we can look forward to.
1: What about the Alex Len revenge game? That
0: would What's have been Alex last year, wouldn't do? it? We've
3: watched Alex. <laughs> we've watched Alex for, yeah, exactly. He's been gone over a year, um, but we've, we know who he is. He can try to have a revenge game. And if he gets 10 to 15 points, that might feel like it for him. <laughs> it's not going to make a big difference.
2: Yeah, I was going to say ten, 10 and 7 for his revenge game. I, I, that's fine. will <laughs> and... That
0: is revenge. Look, I'm doing stuff in this building I've never done before. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you uh, mean yeah. uh,
3: catch the pass? So he'll catch a pass in the lane?
1: the, yeah, the, yeah, the Suns should, Sun should win that game pretty handedly. Uh, They're definitely the better team. I do think Jabari Parker uh, isn't necessarily the best matchup, but I don't think Jabari Parker is going to be the difference between winning a loss with the Suns team.
0: You, you know what I, I see here is we're going to be uh, bringing these comments up on Saturday when we have to talk about the most stunning loss of the sun season. I feel like this is the first time we've confidently come out and be like, no problem. This team's got this one. (laughs) Okay. So I I
1: was on YouTube uh, and just before the Sixers game, there's this uh, semi-famous YouTube Sixers uh, podcast guy that was talking about the Suns game saying how easily uh, the Sixers were going to just wallop on the Suns, right? Uh, you guys should have seen the expression on his face and the tone in, in his voice the next day when he had to do that recap.
0: Uh, I, am, I am picking at the Alex Len led Atlanta Hawks to have a big victory versus the Phoenix Suns on Thursday. Hopefully that's Uh-oh. enough to reverse the jinx. What are you, that you we've giving, You're going to shave
3: your beard again.
0: Uh, I'm just, if the I'm just hoping to, to this,
2: shave your beard again.
0: No, I'm just, I'm just hoping I can reverse the <laughs> jinx that we put on, put on them by being so confident about a win. So
2: I like the way you think
0: Yeah, it's 10 years of, uh, of this relationship. Uh, Well, more than that, 20 plus years of this relationship yeah, that's with that's this sense. team, but, uh, but the last record. 10 have made it, it, made it rough.
1: Yeah. Well, on on that note, are we done? I, I got in trouble for ending the episode too early last time and I really <laughs> don't want to do it again this time. We
0: we are done. There we go. You can did, you can I'll, end it, Tim.
1: Did, did I read Are we gonna correctly? have a new in
3: total prediction for the Suns? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so right, I well. do
3: think I do I did come out of last night's game, Tuesday night's game, saying the Suns are definitely a playoff team. We can talk about that on Saturday. That's our that's our lead in to Saturday's episode.
0: Teaser.
1: Justin from Fanning the Flames. Excellent podcast. Always a pleasure to have you on.
2: Yep. Hey, I appreciate being on, as always, guys. Absolutely. Hey, I'll, be a, I'll, Justin. I'll be at the game tomorrow night, so if anybody wants to find me, they can find me there. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at so says Jay, and um, our pod, Fanning the Flames, is at Fan the Flames NBA. and even though he's not here, my podcasting partner, Paul, is uh, at Dervish of World. Is Paul going, too? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah,
3: let me know where you guys are sitting. I'll come over and say hi.
0: Don't let him know you don't want to have to deal with that.
3: <laughs> One time I caught him outside cheering for the cameras uh, to the Tom Chambers and Tom and Tom show.
0: Tim, please, please end this now before we have to any more cave stories. <laughs> Uh, and on that note, thank you Love so to much.
3: Dave Storker with his whiskey
1: <laughs> to all you guys, and also to Sarah Holmes, latest ten dollars subscriber, uh, patron of the show. Sarah, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know your address, and I will send you some sun swag. In theory, we we'll we will be back for the YouTube version of the show Saturday morning at seven a.m. Arizona time.
0: In theory, Greg. In theory. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> Thanks, cool. all right. Thanks, guys. I got to
2: run. Cool. All right. Thanks. guys. Bye. Thanks, guys.